0: This is Fordham Conversations on 90.7 WFUV. I'm Robin Shannon. Graduating seniors are heading to the next phase of their lives. While many high school graduates are transitioning to college, some college graduates are gearing up for their careers. On this week's Fordham Conversations, we hear from Monsignor Joseph Quinn, Vice President of Mission and Ministry at Fordham University. We'll discuss the keys to preparing this generation for leadership in a global society. Good morning. Good morning to you, Robin. So my first question is, what are the three top characteristics any graduating high school or college senior should carry with them on the next steps of their journey?
1: Well, I guess it always starts with self-knowledge, you know, and you hope that their time in any institution of education has been occasion for them to come to know themselves ever more clearly. In fact, we kind of take uh, our task uh, under one little simple phrase, discover of who you are, discover what you believe and find where you belong and I, I guess I could translate each of those into a skill or a yeah, path, please you know? let us
0: let, let us understand. take the first one
1: well, I, I think that uh, self-identity, self-awareness, self-knowledge is where it all begins, and uh, certainly you hope that that's a great part of any academic institution to challenge a person to come to deeper knowledge of themselves, and once they have then as they seek to kind of enter into the world with that self-knowledge and awareness of their own talents, gifts, and passions to kind of find out where it is they, uh, they do head. Uh, as a Jesuit institution, uh, certainly we try to do that in the context of faith, the faith that does justice. We try to uh, connect our students to a world of service, uh, to connect them to a path of transformation so that they can indeed become the person they were called to be.
0: On that same topic, Monsignor Quinn, so self-awareness, it's having the right definitions. How important is it to make sure you define yourself by the right terms and in the right way so and Robin, you don't that's end a good up point. following
1: the wrong path? Exactly. It is a good point. And I think that's where the kind of the context or the parameters are, are placed uh, in a school like Fordham so that uh, there are uh, kind of standards, there are parameters, there are uh, context in which one does discover oneself with the help of an institution that is striving to, to help you do that. Um, I don't know that I could sit here and say these are the five principles that, uh, you know, that will definitely define themselves. I think we recognize the uniqueness of each individual. You know, Robin, one of the questions that is always asked is, what distinguishes this form of education in terms of preparing uh, individuals for the world? And Jesuit institutions, and there are 28 of them across the country, uh, like Fordham, always talk about preparing uh, men and women who will make a difference in the world. So I think from the start, we're trying to point out to uh, our students, uh, those entrusted to our care, the individual uniqueness and distinction. In fact, there's an interesting story that that is very connected to Fordham. It goes back to its founder, and it's uh, found in a resolution of the New York City Council when the founder of Fordham, then the Archbishop of New York, John Hughes, died, and I always think I always share with our students the phrase that sounds like a promo for a a movie in the twenty first century is it? it says you know, that uh, he has been summoned it's talking about his death in eighteen sixty one He has been summoned before the great architect of the universe to account for the use of his attributes of greatness and i I always stop when I think of that phrase because I think that's a great part of uh, Fordham and any educational institution really to help people understand. Everybody has attributes of greatness. What are yours, and how are you going to use them in such a way that you truly live as freely as possible and in the context of faith that your life, your whole life story, gives greater glory to God, not just to yourself.
0: So it's not a way of sort of cookie-cutting people. It's trying to pull out what their own mission is, their own Absolutely. value and goals. Absolutely.
1: Father McShane, our president, would put in the context of um, you know, developing their competencies, developing their conscience, developing their spirit of commitment. And in those three C's, uh, truly to evolve with people who are ready to be uh, women and men for others. I think we have failed if we've uh, somehow sent into the world selfish
0: people. Right, I right. think
1: our, our goal really is to develop selfless servant leaders.
0: And that means thinking about other people first and foremost, and how you can help them. Absolutely,
1: and, and somehow helping our students understand that that is key to your happiness, to your peace, and your contentment. Uh, if, if your whole life is focused on simply praising yourself, serving yourself, and rewarding yourself, well, you're pretty unhappy days <laughs> ahead.
0: So we have self-awareness. What was the next one?
1: Well, I think next one would be truly kind of a, a self uh, sense of discovering where you uh, head in your life. Uh, if we, I think the way we put it is self-awareness, a discovery of what it is you believe. Uh, and I don't say that in the context of only one faith tradition because a school like Fordham is truly open to all and striving to support every faith tradition and to help clarify it for students who are 18 to 25 years of age so that, in fact, they can find where they belong and head forth in a communal context in their life.
0: And Monsignor Quinn, I think a lot of people are confused and don't understand that about Fordham. They think that because it is Jesuit institution that everything is focused on just being a Catholic. We have other organizations that are parts of other faiths that are all part of Fordham's mission. You want to touch on those a bit?
1: Absolutely. I mean the, 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 the mission of the university, of any institution, is really what sustains its vision. It's what points it in the direction, underscores the why of what it does. Our own mission here says that we are the Jesuit University of New York, that we are committed to the discovery of wisdom, to the transmission of learning, through research and their education uh, at a highest quality. We say uh, out front in our own mission statement that we are guided by our Catholic and Jesuit traditions, guided by them. But we also open our doors, our arms and our hearts to every faith tradition and we do all we can to sustain them so that they can discover truly what it is they believe as they enter into young adulthood. And in doing so, they can find where they belong.
0: So how do students and parents or prospective students end up knowing all that Fordham has to offer?
1: I guess it's through the continual presentation of the message. We are currently involved in a, what will be a four-year effort, First, uh, for the first two years called Living the Mission, which is really a mission awareness effort, and the next two years called Celebrating the Mission, which will lead us up to an anniversary year, the 175th anniversary of the founding of the university. So around those themes are a whole series of events and programs and publications. We began this year, for example, publishing 10,000 copies of a new um, kind of spiritual guidebook called to Met Prayer, it is uh, most uh, firmly rooted in Ignatian spirituality, Ignatius, the founder of the Jesuits, but it also embraces every other faith tradition with prayers collected for those traditions, from Hindu belief to Judaism to Islam. It uh, is, again, an effort to spark uh, the light of faith in their lives, whatever it may be. Uh, I guess our task is to keep putting that out there. That's truly why, and I sit with you today, because we have been undertaking a whole year-long effort through all kinds of creative means to point to people uh, the importance and the centrality of faith and what it is they believe in their lives
0: if they're ever going to find where they belong,
1: most contentedly.
0: So, Monsignor Quinn, how is Fordham's Living the Mission agenda going to benefit those who don't have an affiliation with the university? Well, just
1: uh, to give you one of the students' quotes, Uh, we have interviewed students all year long. We will uh, premiere next fall when they return seven different uh, video vignettes that will play on our IT screens and... Uh, the local cable networks on the three campuses of Fordham. Here's what one student says. If curiosity is what helps you discover who you are, I think that passion is what helps you share that with everyone else. Now, that, that applies to all paths of life. That is not just one. Obviously, as a Jesuit and Catholic institution, we point to Christianity, but not exclusively. And we feel that our own faith traditions are that much more enhanced enlarged and understood in the context of sharing the diverse faith traditions of others.
0: This is Fordham Conversations on 90.7 WFUV. I'm Robin Shannon. Today I'm talking with Monsignor Joseph Quinn, the Vice President of Mission and Ministry at Fordham University. We're discussing the keys to preparing graduating high school and college seniors for leadership roles in a global society. I was reading um, the Associated Press. They had this report that came out that said, employment rates for new college graduates are at an all-time low. So what advice do you have for dealing with that anxiety that students and even parents may have about the new graduates' future?
1: I think that, uh, first of all, it is face reality as it is. Uh, Prepare students. One of the great gifts that Fordham has as being uh, the Jesuit University in New York is the fact it is in New York. And so I suspect that we have a little better success rate as a university in New York City, with its plentiful opportunities, we do everything we can through career centers and counseling services, through programs of called transitions all throughout their senior year that help them. Uh, you may smile when I tell you this, but we actually have programs that show them how to how to handle yourself when you're out to dinner on an interview, uh, how to make so, sure you're so dressed appropriately. Give us some tips. Well, I think we encourage people to be themselves. We encourage them to true, and that and that comes back to that notion of self identity. We uh, through. Uh, the programs of mission and ministry. Let me just tell you, on that front, um, there are several areas where we try to uh, enlighten people's sense of self. So there's not only self-awareness but self-confidence. Father McShane puts it this way: uh, What is our education about? It is all begins with uh, caring for our students, but in our care for them, we are challenging them. In challenging them, we're trying to awaken them to their real potential. Awakened, they are transformed. Transformed, they are empowered. So we follow kind of that formula on almost all of our programming, beginning with care. We, there's a, a Jesuit a tenet called cura personalis, where we'd like to say that the, one of the, uh, the primary values, features, uh, dimensions of Jesuit education is that we care about the individual. We don't have just campus-wide programs that'd be nice if you come. We care uh, on an academic level, from the professorial side to the advisor side. We care on the student affairs side. But I, I think we, we try to respond to the whole person. uh, Now, are you
0: hoping that responding to the whole person will then translate to that individual student for them to turn around and recognize what care is for other people in their school or other people in the world?
1: Absolutely, to take them beyond themselves so that they understand that there's no need to engage in a life of excessive worry about yourself. Look around at what others are engaging in, what they're doing, how they have found solutions to their own problems, and learn from them. Again, it begins with that caring aspect. And once, I know one of the things that we say often here is we never like to disappoint our students with low expectations, and we don't. That's why we go beyond caring to actually challenging. And in challenging them to grow, that's truly how we understand the path of transformation ultimately to take place, so that they are uh, ready for the world, that they are ready to take up leadership roles. They are ready to be disappointed. They are ready to uh, be enthused. They are ready to be engaged.
0: And would you say this is also a way for them to see what it looks like? So if you you go through some disappointment, but you're able to speak with someone about this and they they show you what it's like to go through this and Absolutely. give you advice on how to handle it, then you're ready for the next you know challenge as opposed to getting knocked down and not being able to get back up again. Absolutely.
1: Lessons to be learned in life. I think that we, again, one of the great benefits of being a university in New York City where we have a strong alumni network who are wonderfully helpful to us in placing students first in uh, employment situations or ultimately in internships and ultimately in in full employment. And uh, the number of our students who juggle both the academic side and internships during their junior and senior years is really impressive. And it's one of the reasons why I think it helps future employers to take a look at our students and ultimately open the doors. We have astounding numbers at some of the local uh, large-scale employers, be it an accounting firm or A law firm, and to seeing the number of our own students who are placed in these. And we take great pride in that.
0: Now, Monsignor Quinn, um, a New York Times article that I read recently noted that a number of CEOs felt that recent college graduates struggled in three areas one was discipline, two was the proper skill set required to sufficiently function in the workplace, and three, they said that most college graduates acted. Quote, entitled to job perks and promotions before proving themselves. So I have a two-part question for you. The first is how can a graduating senior recognize if they're one of the people that the CEO was talking about? Because hmm. sometimes it is challenging to see traits that may not be favorable in yourself.
1: Absolutely. And I think, again, that comes back to that notion of not only caring for our students, but challenging them. And in challenging them, help them again to see themselves as they are, to see the areas that are in need of change. I guess from a spiritual uh, context, the word would be discernment, uh, that they truly uh, come to know and learn and understand both their strengths and their weaknesses, both their uh, great gifts and talents and uh, what they don't have so that they're not going out uh, understanding themselves differently than, than who they are. I guess that uh, one of the areas where we try to help them understand that is through uh, strong community service programs. Now, that may sound strange as an answer to what you're asking about in terms of formation for careers. Are they people of discipline? Do they have the right skill set? Do they get beyond the attitude of entitlement? But we feel that if they are appropriately engaged with outreach service to aid those who are without in many settings, that they come back with a different sense of what they have and a greater sense of humility about it. Just to give you a little bit of a factual sense, uh, 10 years ago, Fordham students worked with about 50 different partners um, throughout Manhattan and the Bronx, and we had probably about 1,500 students, if that, engaged. Today we have over 200 partners we engage with. We have over 4,600 students a year going out in service capacity and over a million hours of community service. We think that's pretty transformative, of who they are. We think that that Uh, addresses some of the issues that you just spoke about, especially the attitude of entitlement.
0: Give me some ideas about some of the activities.
1: Well, we take great pride in what we involve ourselves with in the Bronx, and we say we need to do more. Uh, Fordham just recently opened something called the Foundry, in conjunction with local government and statewide government, where we strive to encourage a greater number of our students to stay in the Bronx, to see the needs of the Bronx and to respond to them.
0: What are some of the needs in the Bronx?
1: Well, uh, certainly on educational levels for a greater quality of education, uh, certainly in terms of land development, in terms of community development, in terms of ideas that would give enthusiasm. Right here in our own neighborhood, there are new studies underway to kind of reshape the retail environment in which we live, which adds to the quality of life. Um, So ideas that will make those things happen are part of what uh, are being hatched uh, in the foundry.
0: And so that's what Fordham is trying to bring forward, students who know themselves, who are disciplined, who give back to the community. And what was number three?
1: Really finding where you belong, finding where you belong, where you are connected, where you do feel yourself a part of community. And I think we uh, try to do that in terms of process of refinement. If I just look at the mission and ministry dimension of it, through, yes, um, elements of community service, a significant part of our work in mission and ministry. Uh, through global immersion projects. so We have a program called Global Outreach where we send out over 400 students a year, 30 different projects, to distant parts of the country and the world where they engage in programs that really are eye-opening to them and that uh, enhance their sense of who they are and what they would be about. We also um, uh, look to our foundational aspect which is campus ministry and campus ministry is not just worship but dimensions of retreat we have a, an extraordinary retreat program. We have a retreat house in Goshen, New York, where almost every week and throughout the school year we have 15 to 25 students on retreat. Wonderful program. What do they do? So in all of our community service programs, there is a reflection element where they come back, they write journals about it, they gather as groups, they discuss with the staff members of community service programs what they learned. The retreat program is more essentially under the dimension of spirituality. So it is uh, primarily uh, undertaken in a context of Ignatian principles and attempting to help them become, when you talk about the need for being disciplined, to help them be disciples of their faith tradition, uh, help them understand more uh, seriously what it is they believe and more clearly how
0: they're going to live it. So is it a class? Is it? No, a... oh, it's a retreat house. It
1: is a home that has been uh, transformed into a almost a conference center, you would say, but it is more of a, a spiritual and religious nature than just a house of reflection or a gathering or community Can organizers. you tell me what
0: they do specifically there?
1: Yes, they, they, first of all, a lot of quiet time, something they don't seem to find a lot in their lives. Uh, they're disconnected from all of their uh, social media for a few days, which is shocking to them. How do I live without this? <laughs> my
0: iPod, my, my <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> uh, my so-called smartphone, how do I
1: live without this? Uh, how do I live without my computer? and my, uh, Everything else is in their hands. And so that, that is uh, helpful, just to create some quietude in their lives. It's a time for prayer. It's a time for celebration of the sacraments. It is a time for uh, walks in uh, the wooded areas around it. So it is a retreat from the world, literally, so that one can discern more clearly what God is calling them to do in their lives, not just what they think they should be or what others think they should be, but ultimately what's that inner voice calling them to do and become in their lives.
0: I recently read an article that discussed why and how so much uh, information was coming to everyone, but specifically geared towards young people, because sometimes they're, they have a little bit more of a challenge discerning what is good information to in- ingest and what might be you know, something that you might not want to want to deal with. So this would be an opportunity for them to kind of detox. Detox from, and to clarify. Yeah.
1: When we say discover what you believe, find where you belong. One of our students said this, uh, and I think it was reflective of the generation in which she lives. She said, something that is very challenging for me is how to be clear and firm in my beliefs, whether they are religious or not, and to learn how to stay on my ground, but also to be open to having those challenged and even changed sometimes and to grow with that.
0: And this is one of the students who's part one of, the of this students. Living the Mission? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, well, she was interviewed for these uh, video vignettes we'll use later in the year. But I thought it was very insightful. It was reflective of kind of the learning process where they do garner new wisdom in their lives. And through that, they learn new lessons which you hope give rise to new freedom.
0: Now, I did say I had two parts to that uh, question about the New York Times article that talked about the CEOs that felt that recent college graduates struggled in the areas of discipline, uh, having the proper skill set, and that entitlement. So the second part of my question, Monsignor Quinn, is how can someone who's job hunting uh, disprove the idea that they're one of those graduating seniors who act entitled or who lack discipline or who don't have the proper skills for the job?
1: I think one of the things we uh, share over and over again with our students is Life is uh, 10% of what happens and 90% of how you react to it. We tell our students over and again that uh, attitude is probably one of the few things you have some control over in your life. And how you present yourself does matter. Uh, what your appearance is does matter. How you speak does matter. How you communicate does matter. We tell our students that uh, it is important and essential that you express gratitude. One of the repeated lines often in the uh, our, our different uh, gatherings is... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, probably the shortest prayer known. And the students love it. And they repeat it often, I'm too blessed to be stressed. And the more they are aware of what they have, the more again they discover who they are and then ultimately find that path to
0: where they should be. And maybe what they need and that they don't need as much as they think they do.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And again, I think that's part of the lesson they learn through the outreach programs, be it on the global level or be it on the local neighborhood level of community service, all that they do have. Um, and and, and uh, all that they are called to share.
0: Monsignor Quinn, um, the WFUV News Department recently did a story on the growth of prescription drug abuse. And one particular doctor said something that, that struck me. He said there's a new law that's saying, okay, we have to stop people from prescription drug abuse. But this particular doctor says there's something else that needs to be done. We need to find out why it is that these teenagers are trying to separate themselves from life and reality. And that, I thought, was very profound when he said that.
1: And, and it is. And, and sadly, in the <clears throat> the world which is, um, I call, a tsunami culture, uh, you do see it often. I, I, what do you
0: mean by tsunami culture? Well, just so overwhelming.
1: Just like you talk about the amount of data and information that can be overwhelming, so, too, the pop culture, which is ours, can be overwhelming. Just as we talk about the need for retreat, the need for quietude, I think you almost see it in students who, you know, uh, put uh, earplugs in, uh, playing whatever, music, lectures, whatever, all the time, and are texting as they walk through campus head down. I I find myself walking almost directly into them, almost causing a a collision to say, hello, you're (laughs) still part of the world.
0: Kind of make them aware. But I
1: do understand, I think, uh, because of the overwhelmingly fast-paced, full-paced, pressure-paced world in which they live, and that they are about to enter in as young adults, that sometimes there is exactly what that doctor was trying to say, a desire to disconnect, get me out of here, get me away from this, and to escape from it. And uh, whether it is drug or alcohol abuse or relationship abuse, sometimes that is seen, as it was in times past, but in a new, intense fashion in today's world, as the way out, as the way to get relief. We strive through our programming, through our efforts uh, to creatively Um, putting ourselves out to challenge those students as part of our care for them, to ultimately show them that is not the way to live your life.
0: Monsignor Quinn, how do we prepare students for jobs that don't require college degrees? Well, I think, again, that
1: probably goes back to uh, uh, discernment. I mean, uh, some students will arrive here thinking that this is the path they're called to be. I always wanted to be a physician. Well, somehow, first year in um, biochemistry, is this really me? Um, uh, some find out in the course of their college years, though few in number, that um, maybe they were called to a different form of life. Maybe theirs is more technical skill. Maybe I'm called a world of IT and I need to be certified in that path. So all of it goes back to helping people discover who they are, discover what they believe about themselves and about the world in which they live, and discovering what it is and where it is they belong.
0: So give me those three living the mission keys. Well, learning who you are,
1: discovering what you believe, and finding where you belong.
0: And how is the Living the Mission agenda going to appeal to a broader audience, maybe parents whose children aren't going to a Jesuit institution or even non-religious-based colleges and universities? I think it goes
1: back to the notion of purposeful living, finding your own mission. I think that the fact that this institution, as a Jesuit and Catholic institution, has a very defined mission which informs and directs much of what it does each and every day of the year is what is its identity. It is what its distinction. I'm sure other institutions have their own uh, specific mission, their specific identity, and what it is they strive to do. I think what we always strive to do here at Fordham is make sure that we're embracing the large picture, not a narrow path. That we're embracing the world as it is in embracing the fullness of the world into which these students are going to enter.
0: Earlier, Monsignor Quinn interviewed a number of Fordham alum professors and students on the university's Living the Mission campaign. One interview he did was with Tim Lukey, a Fordham grad and visual artist who's working with comedian and talk show host, Stephen Colbert. Here, Tim explains to Monsignor Quinn how Fordham and its mission has helped shape his worldview.
1: From your perspective, Tim, as you've gone through both that long process of choosing a school and coming to it, how do you define living the mission? What does that mean to you in terms of the institution and in terms of you? Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Well, if I could boil it down into two words, um, I would choose curiosity and passion. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think those are both um, ideals that any university should uphold, um, but especially a Jesuit university. Um, Curiosity in the sense of lifelong learning, Mm -hmm. um, in the sense that education is not meant to just um, put something in your head or give you facts or have you memorize things but really going back to the latin root of the word to pull out um, to help you find your own ideas um, to challenge you critically to reach those ideas Um, and that sort of curiosity that will then fuel you throughout your life to keep learning new things even as an artist and an animator you have to be interested in the world around you every aspect of it Um, because if you're going to animate something um, you have to know how light you know runs through skin to animate it effectively and that's physics right there that's you know the physics of light and color which was a class i took here um, so it, it all comes together and you have to be curious and aware of all of it um, the other side passion um, I, it seems like a, a straightforward thing but i think a, a big problem in this in our society right now is a lot of people just uh, never find what it is that they're passionate about um, do that you see a lot that as strong- a
1: role of your university to help you identify what those Certainly. passions are? I
2: think it's uh, one of the strongest roles. Um, if we're going to challenge um, our students to be critical and think critically about the world and social problems and everything, um, we also need to motivate them to do something about it um, with their own talents.
1: Let me just go back to something you earlier said. Do mm-hmm. You think that, that the living the mission could be translated uh, to two words primarily, mm-hmm. curiosity and passion but how do those pieces change you? How do they transform you? We say that a Jesuit education is about transforming who you are, helping Mm -hmm. you to become who you are. Mm -hmm. How does curiosity and passion help you do that and how does that get realized in a Jesuit setting?
2: Certainly. Um, Well, I think curiosity is step one to becoming who you are. Um, You have to be curious enough about yourself and the world around you um, to consider different perspectives, um, look critically at yourself and what it is that you're interested in. Um, If you just follow one path and one mindset your whole life, I don't think you'll ever have the opportunity um, to become who it is that you are, um, because you'll never have considered the other paths. Um, So I I see curiosity working in that way. And again, passion just being um, that motivation, uh, that light that's going to inspire yourself and inspire those that you meet. Uh, I think it it really is about um, recognizing the larger community outside yourself. Um, if curiosity is going to help you discover, discover who you are, I think the passion is uh, what helps you um, make that... Uh, if curiosity is what helps you discover who you are, I think uh, the passion is what helps you share that with everyone else.
1: So curiosity is the prelude to the passion being exercised in your life.
2: Mm-hmm. I think they do work in tandem as yeah. well.
1: Yeah. It's a good way to look at living the mission. Uh, where we talk about the discovery of wisdom and the transmission of learning, where we talk about our Jesuit and Catholic heritages shaping who we are, where we talk about trying to get you to be sent forth into a world to be global Mm -hmm. leaders. Any of that makes sense to you as I say all those words? Do you say who me or do you say yes me?
2: Uh, There is a little bit of who who, me, I think, and that's a healthy reaction for anyone. Uh, But I think having been at Fordham for four years, uh, I think it does instill the confidence to say even if I feel a little unprepared at the time, I think it's my responsibility to do my best, mm-hmm. um, to go out there and use the skills I have and maybe surprise myself and surprise others. Uh, I think the prophets felt fairly unprepared as well, um, but it's, it's about accepting that mantle and responsibility. Mm-hmm. I
1: would say that the illustrators and the animators sometimes feel just as startled, <laughs> uh, but you touched an awful lot of lives with the work you have done and continue to do here at Fordham, and uh, I guess I thank you in the name of all of them for remaining curious and for continuing to be more and more passionate about what you do. Thank you. Thanks for keeping us all proud of you, Tim. We thank you very much. We wish you a going into the future. God bless you. God bless.
0: My thanks to Monsignor Joseph Quinn, Vice President of Mission and Ministry at Fordham University. I'd also like to thank my producer, Alan Canlick. Stay with us, George Bodarkey and Cityscaper next. For Fordham Conversations, I'm Robin Shannon. I'm not betraying you.